Welcome to Federal Insights for March, empowering the federal workforce to make better, faster decisions that improve the effectiveness of government, sponsored by CLIC. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guests today are Joe Dos Santos, the Chief Data Officer at CLIC Technologies, and Andrew Churchill, the Vice President of Federal at CLIC. Gentlemen, good to have you both with us today. And we're talking about something that is on the lips of almost every government technology practitioner, both by statute and by regulation and by it's a good government practice is to get their hands around data pursuant to this whole idea of using data in a way that drives better decision-making, better government operations. So let's talk about the idea of uh, data literacy, because that's sometimes a commodity that gets short shrift when people think about data as a purely technical topic. So tell us what it is and why it's important. Joe? Tom, uh, data literacy is the, abil- the ability to, to understand, to discuss, to argue with data. And uh, one of the things that we find is that, you know, sometimes people don't know exactly what the words mean. I've worked at a bank, for instance, where they had 15 different definitions of what an average daily balance means. It's really hard to have a conversation around what to do and how to make decisions when you can't even understand what the words themselves mean or how to take action. If you kind of think about what's happened lately with the COVID-19 outbreak, you start to see kind of literacy that's required around what's an R naught, what is an infection rate, how do I actually define what an ICU bed is? So the idea is that in order for us to really make good decisions, we need to start with the idea of understanding what our data means, what it's telling us, and to have a common understanding of the metrics that we use as an enterprise. Yes, because we used to go through big exercises in the government on data dictionaries and data definitions and making sure that things were comparable from domain to domain. So in some ways, that's still an issue, even in the modern data era, isn't it? Yeah, what's fascinating is that, you know, if you were having this conversation 20 years ago, we'd be talking about building a gigantic data warehouse and agreeing on the 50 words that matter. And one of the things that's been fascinating about watching the evolution of AI and and complex ways to get at data is that it's a massive amount of data. And so, you know, data scientists want to have access to granular information. And you're just, you know, how do you try to treat that same amount of massive amounts of data unstructured, structured all over the place? It's difficult to get the same degree of understanding when you are carefully calculating these different things, right? So there's a technical concept that is called schema on read as opposed to schema on write, right? And the idea is, as opposed to putting the answer on the shelf, you put the Lego blocks on the shelf and you give people the recipes to be able to recreate data over and over again. And in theory, it should make things really fast, but it'll only, you know, it'll only be fast if people have the wherewithal to know what the data means and how to put it together. All right. And Andrew, how does that translate into how you get this into agencies' heads so that they understand this kind of basic requirement before they can really analyze their data? Yeah, sure. I, the, the initiative's been out there, uh, you know, whether it's the DOD data strategy or the broader federal strategy, uh, or many of the initiatives that are focused on workforce development, building the workforce of the future. Uh, data skills are front and center. The GSA skills catalog, uh, a variety of agencies building these uh, boot camps of sorts to be able to bring these folks up. While they're focusing on on tools, how do I work with R in data science or how do I prep my data? A lot of it is focused on these uh, sort of data literacy skills. I think one of the most important areas in, uh, that we're seeing evolve is at the leadership level. Data literacy is also uh, about the culture that becomes crea- that uh, that drives the way that data is perceived or the use of data. 
Uh, so you know, many of these organizations, again, take the DOD's data strategy uh, that was you know, created with the CIO and top leaders, David Spurk as the CDO, it sets a platform that says, you know, we will work with data. So it, 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 it basically gives permission to folks to begin to build those data skills. And it shows that we will lead by example. You know, from there, uh, it, it really is about, you know, sort of the uh, re-envisioning of the workforce, getting them in, more folks that are going to be more hands-on and have more uh, sort of participation in the analysis. When Joe talks about those, those people needing to understand what those terms mean, it's about, an ex about empowering expanded workforce. It's not just a group of you know, guys in the back room that are building these reports. We're now taking that out to those frontline, those domain experts, and expecting them to be able to also participate and understand uh, that vocabulary. And Joe, so the implication is this is not simply a matter for the data officers and the chief data officers. For them to be effective, you need to have some literacy about data diffused, I guess, in the workforce. Are there any shortcuts to that, short of going back to school and becoming a data scientist? <laughs> Thank God there are. Um, so I want to underscore something that Andrew said about this idea of data for the many. You know, if you kind of look at some of the trends that we've seen over the past 15 years, we talk about things like data lakes and Hadoop and, and data scientists, and it seemed, somehow sent the impression that data was for the few. You know, and so what happened is we would, come, we would stockpile, and particularly in, in government agencies, there's a stockpile of information that people are kind of terrified to give to people. Um, and as a result, you basically take these highly skilled people and you, you dedicate them to the analyses of these data sets. So that is, of course, hugely important. But what we're really talking about is how does that become a way of, of interacting, generally speaking? Every single person should think about making data-informed decisions. And all of a sudden, what you have is you need to start to think uh, more about the user um, as being a, a, a civilian or, or a military person being in their chairs, making decisions and having access to data that matters. And I like Andrew's point around the permission to get the data, the permission to get access to the data to, to do that. If you're going to get good at that, you need to get good at governance. You need to get good at defining data, protecting data, and that needs to be a way of life. To answer your question specifically, the best way to do that is to have a back, a, a standardized function that is there to make sure that the operations of data management are clear and that others can get into the, to, to the action and, and know exactly how to contribute, right? So there's, there's a back office shared service function that we at Click use that we usually see at other places. There's a governance organization. There's a technology that's standard, but the end result is that is to make it available through a catalog for the masses. This is for everybody. And the back office is really there to make it simple for everybody to consume. And I want to get into that whole idea of modernized and contemporary ways of accessing data. But Andrew, let me ask you this first. What are some of the use cases for analytics that you find are particularly valuable in your discussions across the government? What are they trying to do? And do you have any suggestions for them to begin? Well, the, you know, the fact is, is that, uh, you know, the legislation that we've seen recently, um, you know, is really, uh, you know, you have uh, data-driven uh, policy-making initiatives that have, have said, hey, data is going to be foundational in every decision we make. Uh, you know, largely, you, you, you tend to see the use cases of data around those core uh, you know, business domains, finance, personnel, supply chain, 
uh, the the citizen facing things. How are we doing? How are we measuring our our results in in supporting the and being responsive to the citizen? Um, but it it is becoming more pervasive again because it's becoming easier to do. The idea of being able to deliver data capabilities to every corner of the enterprise was impossible just 10 short years ago because it was at the, had this bottleneck of IT being the, the point of delivery. And now it really is this collaboration, as Joe said, this shared service function, this governance tier, and ultimately saying, hey, as a, as a stakeholder, uh, you know, consumer of this data as part of the mission, you're the tip of the spear. You go build those data assets. So we're seeing it absolutely everywhere. And it's going to be a trend that continues on into this idea of it's not just a report, it's a dashboard, but you're putting decision support capability embedded in every workflow and at every point of engagement with the citizen and industry that becomes regulated by these federal agencies. So Joe, the implication there is that the days of this is my data, you've got your data, those need to probably sunset, don't they? Yeah, that's really something, isn't it? Um, and you know, I often joke that 80% uh, of my job is actually psychology, not technology. Um, the idea of getting organizations to share for the common good is really quite powerful. Um, and these are organizational issues that, that, that have you know, decades in the making. Um, so, so what usually works as an effective way to, to break down those barriers is to creating a common sense of the mission. If there's clarity around the use case, there's clarity around the data that's required to do that, it creates compelling need for people to share. Uh, I don't think people wake up every day and go, boy, I hope people can use my data. Uh, rather, we need to start to orient around these use cases that Andrew's describing. And that really creates momentum around this idea of, of shared data assets so that we can build upon uh, each other's work. Yeah, and so that means shared data infrastructure to support all of it too then, that's correct? Right. Yeah, and, and not only is it just kind of availability, you know, one of the things that happened, let's say five years ago, is we started to move to lake architectures that were like, oh, you know, it'd be great is if we just kind of put this all in one place. And what we started to figure out is, you know, people created massive infrastructures for data that hardly got used. And um, so, the, so the dawn of cloud-based architecture, the, the dawn of some of data streaming has really made people much more selective about getting real-time streaming access to data assets that drive a difference. So part one is we need to get a, a handle on where our data is. You know? So I don't need to have it physically stored someplace necessarily. I just need to know where it is. And then if I know where it is on demand, I should be able to rapidly create pipelines that give me access to that data right now. And if I need it every 15 seconds, so be it, right? So really cloud-based architectures are really driving this kind of change that find the data that you need, get it in your hands really quickly. Um, and that's, I think, what the future is. It's about, it's about speed to decision, not kind of how big is your cluster of data. Okay, and we're going to explore that data, that idea, a little bit more after this short break. My guests today are Joe Dos Santos, the Chief Data Officer at Click Technologies, and Andrew Churchill. He's the Vice President of Federal at Click. I'm Tom Temin. This discussion is Federal Insights, empowering the federal workforce to make better, faster decisions that improve the effectiveness of government, sponsored by Click here on Federal News Network. 
The current approach federal agencies use to deliver data to the systems and people that rely on it are resulting in missed opportunities and milestones, higher costs, and failed projects. At the same time, new statutes and policies require federal agencies to use data in all decision-making about programs, operations, and budgets. Agencies must accelerate the delivery of data and establish programs that enable a more data-literate workforce, effectively reducing the time and cost associated with the execution of their missions. Click can help. QLIK.com slash public sector. Welcome back to Federal Insights, empowering the federal workforce to make better, faster decisions that improve the effectiveness of government, sponsored by Click here on Federal News Network. My guests today are Joe DeSantos, the Chief Data Officer at Click Technologies, and Andrew Churchill, the Vice President of Federal at Click. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. And before the break, we were talking about shared services, data pipelines, access to data. Roll up all this together for us to give us a picture of what a modern data architecture and access system should look like. Joe? Well, so one of the things that, uh, you know, if you kind of think about this from a uh, supply chain point of view, um, you know, one of the things that retail establishments have all figured out is how do I get the right end product to the right person? Part one is, does it really matter when you go on to Amazon? Do you care whether it's coming from Minnesota or Chicago? Not really. You, you want to know that you have this material. What becomes important to you is the attributes of those. Can you actually trust that the thing that you're looking at has the right size, the right shape, the right dimension, the right quality metrics? Have people given it four stars, et cetera? And so in many respects, what the pipeline is should really copy that experience. Do we have trust in the product that we're getting? Do we know where it's coming from? Who actually produced this data set? And what process did it get through to get to me? And so a modern data pipeline starts off with the principle of us having trust and speed of access and really goes through now much more real-time streaming. Uh, there's a, a lot more emphasis on, on building pipelines that, that make real-time connections with this idea that embedded governance that we can trust the output on the other side. All right, Andrew? Yeah, I, it's... Uh... You know, the, the, the process that uh, folks have been going through uh, has really been, you know, brought into the, the spotlight with, uh, with COVID. You know, it's the, the demand for more real time, uh, for more agility to, to accommodate the, the, the questions that they suddenly realized they needed to be able to ask has been brought into focus. Uh, much of the process has been automated, but still so much is left in a, uh, a manual fashion. It creates delays. And, you know, sort of that's what we're working through right now. Uh, how do I begin to work through policy and, and the, the people in the politics to be able to uh, make sure that the systems of record that are needed in order to inform these decisions actually open their doors into these uh, larger data environments? And, you know, that's uh, partially that even goes back to what we were talking about around data literacy. So there you know, have been several initiatives over the last two years where top leaders, uh, the, the uh, you know, Secretary of the Army, uh, the you know, Joint Chiefs have said, hey, data, it belongs to the mission. It doesn't belong to you and the system. So we're working through that process. But that is, uh, you know, if you look at the DOD data strategy, they're building this enterprise data catalog. Uh, you know, while uh, they may have made, made a similar attempt to build a catalog before, here they're taking these types of modern approaches that are going to sit there and say, like Joe said, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. I just need to know what it is, need to have some provenance on that data, and then I can bring it forward to that point of decision. Uh, I ultimately look at what these pipelines are. How do I remove friction from the process? Because if I am a senior leader 
And my goal is to make the best possible decision that will affect change, you know, save lives, improve safety. Uh, get me the data in the, you know, with the lowest latency right when I need it and, and give me that confidence to know that if I make a decision off it, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working from, uh, from the best sheet of music we have. And Joe, I've got a double question for you. One, it's one thing to have velocity of data traveling through your pipelines, but what people really want at the decision level is a fast decision-making ability. Maybe mm. comment on that. And the other issue is with all this data pipeline and flowing of data from the original source, if the repository is in the cloud, what about the issue of data extraction expenses that go with cloud? Because you know, as we get away from expensive data lakes and all of this storage and hierarchy architecture, people don't want to replace it with a cost of extracting data and putting it back over and over again in the cloud. Yeah, let's take those questions in, in reverse order. I think that you're on to a really important point with the idea of cloud being consumption-based. You know, so we're, there's always a pressure point in, uh, in IT. Sometimes it shifts from compute to storage, and now we're back to the compute. You know? uh, and so you know, what I would say is every single, every single organization needs to figure out how best to optimize the pipeline for cost. What I would say is the best thing I can think about is an idea of reusable assets. Right. So if you think about, I'll give you a metaphor, you know, so if you were going to buy, uh, if, if you were going to buy a shed, you might go down to a, a home improvement store and say, I don't really like any of these. I'm going to build my own. What would you want? You'd want a whole bunch of two by fours. You'd want a whole bunch of nails and you'd want all these things that would help you build that faster. And you know what? Somebody tomorrow comes to the store and they don't want a shed. They want a house. They want a dog house or whatever. And they're able to use those same assets. So repeatability, reusability of the same assets in the same pipeline is really important for the idea of cost. You don't want to send a gazillion things through that same pipeline. They're all largely copies of each other. So the kind of a, a, almost an obsessive focus on semi-finished goods, right? Building semi-finished goods. Now, what that does when you do that is it puts a premium on your first point, which is how in the world can you expect people to get from this idea of semi-finished to decision, right? And I think that what we're going to start to see is this idea of, um, of recipes, right? So, you know, how do we get from a, an ability to, to create data? Well, think about your personal life. If you want to know something, you Google it. You, you get some data and you put it to work. You, you, might, uh, you might have the ability to access you know, some newspaper online, right? And you yourself are processing that information and is largely a series of facts. That's what data literacy is so important about. We need to start training people to understand and trust these raw materials and put them to use with, with repeatable recipes that help them make drive decisions. And I think that you need to have some kind of things, some constructs set up, up front that say, how do you think, think about certain thresholds that will be met? Those thresholds will start to drive certain behavior. Now you'll notice, I didn't talk about a dashboard. I didn't talk about dissemination of information in the chart. It's about the information speaking to you, driving action, something that might be interactive with you. You talk to it, it talks back. That's where we're headed, that the, that the human being has some obligation for knowing what to do with the data and is able to interact with it in a really flexible kind of way. And Andrew, do you find agencies get that idea because you hear so much about, let's build a dashboard, you know, let's yeah. build a repository and so on. Yeah, and well, I, I I think they do. They've 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 talked. They've begun to think about that that end product as as something that will naturally come, and they've begin to solve and focus most of their uh, problem on solving for those 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 obstacles that have tended to exist. Um, you know, those cloud elements are certainly what's accelerating uh, the you know sort of 
the access to data. We're seeing you know, more and more uh, enterprise applications that are sitting on you know, COBOL uh, mainframe applications being retired and being rebuilt and deployed in the cloud. Um, you know, the, the, the most important thing that they do is that they don't recreate some of, uh, of the sort of approaches that led to those legacy systems being almost impossible to say goodbye to uh, by recreating them in these, these modern approaches. So with you know, the, the next generation of computing really being one that will be about agility, change, and, and innovation, uh, one of the things that I think, you know, what uh, this concept of pipelines that Joe's, Joe's speaking to is that you know, while I may be delivering my data to this dashboard or this particular data lake uh, in AWS today, uh, the, the, the next great thing may be coming from you know, Microsoft and Azure or some un, un, unknown to us today vendor. Uh, and how do I now redire redirect all of that important work that I did about creating structure around this data, improving it, uh, and, and making sure that, that uh, again, the innovation is what matters. So, you know, I think that's, you know, one of the, the big themes. As you, as we move ahead, um, you know, we, you know our, our CEO believes uh, wholeheartedly that dashboards are, are going to be the, the least important thing that even our analytics tier supports, that, you know, analytics will become something that, again, is almost omnipresent across all of the different types of business systems and, and capabilities that we interact with. And in many ways, it sounds like what you've both been talking about is data operations. That is to say, to go along with the idea of development operations, DevOps, that's become so current. And so to get to that date ops, let's call it, Joe, what do agencies need to do right now in order to get to that nirvana where they have a real data operations and rapid decision-making? So you're onto a really important uh, principle that's starting to emerge in, in data operations. And uh, in some respects, it follows some of the same principles. And I'm going to start with one that might not be obvious, which is failing fast. You know, a lot of times what we really want to do in, in development is kind of try something out and try something out. And data is no different. And so one of the things that sometimes it takes some work to agree upon the words that you mean and to get a sense of that. And what we're starting to see is, uh, you know, in our organization, we're really putting a premium on data discovery. Help me figure out something fast. Help me get to some minimum viable product. And then what starts to kick in is how do I actually now need to, I, this is great. How do, I, how do I productionalize this? And how do I make this algorithmic score or this output or this dashboard available all the time and turn it on? And that's where the kind of DevOps principle of promotion and really rapidly making it available, cycle, 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 deploy, cycle, 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 deploy. And uh, that's a really important concept, especially if you're starting to really deal with, you know, with, with reusable assets and getting people into hands, you can really make people self-sufficient by this idea of really trying to speed up the time to value of insights. All right. And in the minute we have left, Andrew, what about uh, that legacy data? Can that be harvested from maybe the old code that you're retiring? because that data still might be useful, even if only to train a new algorithm. Yeah, so I mean, absolutely. Uh, you know, data operations uh, is, is more so about creating a process. And if that process incorporates uh, a calling out to a script that executes practically anywhere uh, because it's efficient and because it's able to be uh, you know, leveraged quickly to, to, to deliver an outcome, that I think that's exactly what, the, you know, what we're, we're looking at here. Um, you know, the, the idea here is get faster, deliver the result. All right. Lots to think about. I want to thank Joe DeSantos, the Chief 
Data Officer at Click Technologies, and Andrew Churchill, the Vice President of Federal at Click. Thank you both so much for being with us. Thanks, Tom. And I'm Tom Temin. You've been listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, please visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Analytics in Government. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights for March, sponsored by Click on Federal News Network. When we need help, we turn to government. When government needs help, they turn to Federal News Network. Federal News Network, helping feds meet their mission.